Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team, who have moved as fast as Gabby Agbonglahor did in the late noughties to appoint a new manager. As I predicted, the only thing I've got right in my entire life, Villa sacked Dean Smith after losing to Southampton. And before my tears could dry, Stephen Gerrard marched south of Hadrian's Wall to join the Villa from Rangers. I'll talk to Frankie about that in a moment. And later in the show, we'll hear from Birmingham Live football writer, Patrick Rowe about Gerard and his tactical approach. So in our previous episode, me and Frankie were still reeling from the loss of Smith. Deep in mourning, I was wearing black. Frankie was reciting the poem, Stop All the Clocks from Four Weddings and a Funeral. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very somber yet reflective show, an ode to Dino. Anyway, such is the disposable world of modern football that literally days later we're here to tout Stephen Gerrard as the second coming who will lead the mighty Villa <laughs> to the promised land of the Champions League or at least another Carabao Cup final. The former Liverpool midfielder leaving Scottish Champions Rangers to take over at Villa Park. He's also bringing a seriously large coaching team, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Uh, that will see the return of Gary McAllister to the Midlands and the highly rated first team coach Michael Beale. Gerard also joins up with Villa CEO Christian Perslow. He worked with him when they were both at Liverpool 10 years ago. So Frankie, Stephen Gerrard, Aston Villa manager, has it sunk in yet? I've got my cardboard cut out. You know, like all the all them videos of the Rangers fans beating up those cardboard cutouts. Yeah, yeah God, I know. <laughs> Why do so know. many people have cardboard cutouts? I don't know. What's, what, is, what is with that? No uh, idea. I uh, Yeah, I've got my cardboard cutout just taking pride of place. I've moved all my girlfriend's things out the way. Stevie <laughs> G takes priority. I mean, yeah, that's one of the questions I've got to ask myself now. It's like, do I call him Stevie G? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I'm there just yet. Yeah. If he, if he, if he wins us, if he wins us a cup, I might, I might just go there. But until that day, I think it's just Stephen Gerrard, Mister uh, Gerrard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, formal. I'm, I'm so easily swayed. If we go one nil up after five minutes, I'm calling him Stevie G. <laughs> <laughs> if we play Brighton at the weekend. I'm straight in with the Stevie G chat. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, we spoke about it last week, didn't we? I, I was. Uh, Kind of leaning towards Graham Potter was who I thought mm, I'd okay. quite like to see. He's, I think he's a good footballing coach um, and has probably a higher ceiling to go than uh, Brighton. Uh, not to sort of underestimate what Brighton are. They're, they're a big club and all that. But I, but I thought it'd be difficult to get him out of there at this moment in time. So, Gerard, when it first happened, I was kind of like, my reaction was well, like, Obviously, I support him, and I, I I'm now like fully behind, fully signed up member of the Steve Gerrard fan club, and I will will willfully admit that I was wrong all this time. Paul Scholes was not better than Stephen Gerrard. Stephen <laughs> Gerrard was better than both Lampard and Scholes combined. I just want to clarify that. You know, I may of have course. given the impression. No, I, I I knew that um, all along. I know that deep down. But um, the the more I've thought about it, the more positive I've got about what it how it could potentially go. Um, mm. It's a completely different 
experience to what Rangers were. Rangers are a team that, you know, you're expected top two at least in Scotland. The likelihood of you not finishing the top two is quite low, let's be honest. But, uh, you know, you can't write off the achievement he had last season with Rangers, stopping Celtics 10 in a row, 13 goals conceded all season in the league, unbeaten. I mean, that's an absolutely amazing um, performance, really. And just generally speaking to, we, I interviewed Alex Anderson, mm. uh, a Rangers fan and football writer and a podcaster for Jersnet. He, uh, he Just speaking to him, Check the episode out. Believe me, you'll hear a lot more about Stephen Gerrard on that um, and his time at Rangers. Uh, he was just, um, he made me much more excited about it. He, he said Aston Villa have won the lottery. Yeah. Um, and he was really crediting Michael Beale, particularly a backroom staff uh, or a coaching member with uh, Gerrard. So I, I'm more excited about it. I'm still, um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get too heavily hyped about it because, you know, it's a different experience, as I was saying, that, you know, teams don't set up to lose against Villa too often. Uh, set up not to lose, sorry, uh, against Villa too often. So there's going to be games where he's going to have to sit back and, uh, you know, if we go and we still can maintain a bad run, that's a different kind of pressure he's going to have to deal with as a manager to get the players out of it. So um, we'll see how it goes. I'm much more positive about it than I was um, earlier this week. Um, and I'm pretty excited just to see what he can do with, you know, play, like, even like players like Jacob Ramsey and Carney Chopomeka. I'm hopeful that this can go all right and uh, that by the end of the season we'll be okay in the Premier League and we can build on it this summer. Yeah. I mean, as, as I said in the last show that we both did, when we were going through the list of candidates that were, were there to replace Dean Smith, when Gerard was installed as the early favourite, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too um, excited by it, uh, to be honest. I think I looked at it and thought, well, you know, he's 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 still so inexperienced as a manager. I mean, yes, he he, he did a, a great thing by winning a title up in uh, in Scotland, preventing Celtic from winning ten on the bounce, which I know obviously all Rangers fans were desperate to try and uh, prevent. He did that, but then, you know, he didn't win a cup. You know, that's that's I say that's the only thing he won. It's obviously very significant, but that 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 is the only thing he's won as as Rangers manager. Um, you know, you, you look at him as a personality and, and obviously he, he does command a great deal of respect in terms of what he's achieved as a player. But, you know, I'm, I obviously I do think that the Premier League is a completely different kettle of fish. But then over the course of the last few days, um, you know, listening, I've been listening to a couple of Rangers podcasts as well as the one um, that uh, that you were involved in, in, in as well, Frankie. And um, yeah, it's, it seems that, you know, there's more, there's more to it than just Stephen Gerrard coming to Villa Park and him being the main man. You know, he does have this huge cohort of coaches i mean let me just go through the list because i've got a, it's a very long one i'm having to scroll <laughs> scroll 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 down can, on my screen have to here. expand the capacity of the stadium <laughs> yeah. like... this is increasing the podcast length by at least 10 minutes um, but i'm going to read the names out anyway so gary McAllister will be assistant head coach michael beale assistant head coach tom colshaw is the technical coach scott mason is the lead analyst jordan milsom head of fitness and conditioning while Austin McPhee, Aaron Danks, and Neil Cutler, who were obviously there under Smith, will remain big cuts. He's a, he's, a, he's a very popular figure, isn't he? So yeah. I think a lot of Villa fans are glad that he's sticking around. Austin McPhee may be less so, given how our set pieces have looked in recent weeks. <laughs> um, but he's, he's, he's there at the club as well. Um, he's also Scotland's um, set piece coach, Austin he McPhee. Is, yeah. so, Highly rated. So he'll, he'll know a lot of Rangers players and obviously... Um, John McGinn as well when he goes when he's up up, up there during the international break. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a huge team that he's got behind him. Um, 
who I think will be kind of the engine room, um, so to speak, while while Gerard will be kind of the sort of the figurehead, um, uh, you, you know, who will be sort of you know marauding the touchline and and, and galvanising the players on kind of a on a possibly a man management type level, um, and I think you know that could work. Yeah, you know, obviously, obviously we both we both hope that it does, and I but I. I think it could, you know, that 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 the whole team comes together and and operate in a way which makes Villa a successful team. Yeah, I can I can I can get behind that. I can definitely get behind that more than I did when I first heard the rumors, and I know more about how it's set up. And also, you can just hear from like the disappointment in Rangers fans. You know, they're they're genuinely mm. gutted to see him leave. You know, beyond the kind of like comedy cardboard cutout. You know. <laughs> <laughs> destructions um, <laughs> the guy walking through his house to smash that photo <laughs> yeah it's it's it, but it, but yeah i mean you can see like they they are gutted to lose him because he's, he's he genuinely has turned that club around you forget like what rangers were like when you know before he took over they were really struggling but in the space of only a few seasons he's turned it around so much and they've got a great you know a really good record in in europe um yeah he's had some really results good results against benfica it? and porto and you know mm. so 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 um yeah i mean ultimately europe is where we want to be so mm. so that's good experience for for him there so yeah i'm 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 much more positive now um and it'll be i'm just kind of looking forward now to the brighton game to be honest just to see you know what formation he goes with i think i yeah. think normally it's a 4-3-3 he had at rangers so i'm i'm assuming he'll probably stick with that given the players that we have they could work in a 4-3 absolutely so that could be the formation but yeah the personnel you know, will he like Sanson? Will Ramsey come in? It's, it's again. You, you just get that buzz of excitement, don't you? When a new manager comes in, you don't know what, what's going to happen and and how it's going to turn out. And um and yeah, I'm just excited to 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 see the the first game. It was a, it was a fun start, uh, you know, on Instagram this week because he's quite active on Instagram, Steve Gerrard, mm. and uh, Jacob Ramsey got man of the match for the England under 21s. Which was great to see, and Gerard posted a little, you know, that little side eyes emoji. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was like, yeah. I, it's just, I don't know, it's quite exciting to it's think. It's very, it's very, uh, yeah, it's very undine Smith, isn't it? You know, yeah. Much more of the obviously, he's a younger guy. He, I suppose, he gets probably gets more like you know social media and and how players use that. So, um, so that that could be an interesting sort of dynamic, really. The social media teams, that's my favourite thing this week. It's become a big talking point, hasn't it? That players have these big teams and turn it. Gary Neville's complaining they've been turned into robots and all that kind oh, of I thing. I know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, it, it'd be interesting how he deals with Villa's centre midfield. That, to me, is our primary issue at the yeah. moment. I don't it's a think... bit of Achilles heel, that, isn't it? Our, yeah. our centre midfield. And it makes me wonder if he'll jump back into the transfer market in the summer to try and fix it well we we, we were linked with um glenn, glenn camera um mm. obviously he plays for rangers and i think he's finished isn't he plays for the finland national side yeah but maybe that's inevitable given you know it, it always happens when a, when a manager leaves a club you're always linked with some of their players ryan and kent as well i'm not entirely sure we need another winger necessarily but i'm sure he's i mean he's, he's, he's obviously seems to be like a great a great player up in up in scotland but mm. i mean would you would you take camera or or Ryan Kent? I've, I've seen more of Kent. Uh, I don't know a great deal about camera, really. I just kind of, I mean, the role he fills is the sort of role I'd like to see one of our midfielders um, perform with um, to a high level, um, sort of cleaning up and covering and that kind of thing. But Ryan Kent, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen him quite a bit. He's quite, a, he's a very pacey, aggressive, 
uh, winger, very decent. Um, I don't know what he'd be like in the Premier League, really, um, but he's always looked very good whenever I've seen him for Rangers. Uh, is it a position we need to fill right now? Maybe it is, you know. I mean, like, is Al Ghazi going to be around? For, he keeps being linked with Roma, yeah. so... yeah. If you yeah. went, would he go to Roma? It's it's possible, I'd say. I wouldn't rule it out. Ryan Kent being a, a someone we link with quite a lot in the next few months, at least, I would say. Um, but then, yeah, I, I just uh, just kind of fascinated to see how how it goes, really. Now, um, and just uh, I, I just don't really have any concept in my head of how he'll kind of how, who his favourites will be, who will be the players that he sticks in that, in the, in the uh, in centre midfield particularly, and does he solve the Watkins and Ings thing? Mm. You know, playing up front together is that something he just gives up on it and goes, you know what, I'm just stick playing one of you, or if he does try and do a, a two up front? Well, I was I was reading the Birmingham Mail um, earlier today, and they 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 put forward a kind of predicted a lineup um, against Brighton. Um, and I think they had Watkins on the left, uh, Ings up top with Buendia in kind of a front three. And I think they had Sanson playing as well. Um, mm. While, uh, meanwhile, kind of keeping the uh, the back four as it as it kind of has been for a while now, you know, uh, Mings, concert Target, uh, Cash and uh, Martinez. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'd be I'd be on board with that. I think I think you're right. We possibly do lose something by not playing Watkins. Um, up front on his own but um uh yeah well you know obviously if that's if that is the formation then that could be quite an exciting um exciting one yeah um just gonna have to wait and see but i'll tell you pat Rowe, who you are going to hear from very soon in this show uh he um he gives much he goes very in depth uh and he'll he lets you he gives gives you a good sense of how villa might look under uh gerard and He's an attacking manager. That's what. That's the vibe I get. Yeah, I mean, listening to um, Rangers fans discuss how um, how they play, it seems like he likes to get his fullbacks up the pitch in kind of attacking areas. So, so obviously, I'll be putting Matt Cash and Matt Target into my fantasy football team um, <laughs> next week. Um, yeah, no, it'd be it'd be it'd be it'd be interesting. It'd be exciting. Um, and. Might, it- uh, Imagine he goes back to three five two, and <laughs> and like God, suddenly God. we keep winning, and we're everybody after everyone was going like doesn't work, doesn't work. Everyone's just like, do you know what? I always said it worked. I always said it worked. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why dudes with gave up on it so soon. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that could definitely happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think yeah. unfortunately, football fans are quite a fickle bunch. Oh, we're all very fickle. We're the most so fickle, fickle human beings on the planet just the nature of football. I mean, when I saw Steven Gerrard holding up that Villa shirt when the announcement came through, I was just like, it felt like I used to play football manager when I was at uni quite a lot. And I used to like take over a club and go on holiday for 20 years just to see what like the future of football is according to like football manager algorithms. And I'd come back and like just see who was managing who and stuff. I think the the, the craziest one was when I saw Michael Ballack was manager of Swindon. Um, (laughs) But this this has the same sort of energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of like, I, I sort of double took. I was like, Stephen Gerrard is manager of Aston Villa. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. In what world am I living in? Yeah, I'm yeah. Sort of, sort of, sort of going to wake up and it's all a dream, and I'm back in my uni, in my uni dorm room. There's just some people you can't you can't identify with, like 
anyone other than one club. And he's just, it's so strange thinking Liverpool, Steven Gerrard, just there, Aston Villa. Yeah, I know. But he, he I mean, he did become a bit of an icon at Rangers. I mean, I, he'll yeah. obviously be always linked with, with Liverpool. And, and that's that's the other thing that, that I wanted to say is, is that, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, of are we just a stepping stone? You know, mm. he'll be with us for two years and it's almost like lose, lose. If he, if he does really well with us and, and, you know, achieves all the things that we want him to achieve, then Liverpool will poach him off us. No problem. Um, and then if he does badly, then potentially we could, we could get relegated given our current position in the table. Mm. So, you know, if, if, so how you look at it really it's it's um it's a it's a difficult one it doesn't it just doesn't feel like a lot like a, either way it doesn't feel like a particularly long-term uh, appointment i don't know how you feel about yeah. that I, I saw some people make a good point that like if he eventually does get to liverpool and take the job then he must have done something right at villa which i think is a, you know it is a fair point it's pretty it's kind of annoying knowing like we can't get too invested because you know, if it's going well, because it's like, well, we all know where he's going to end up. Um, but if things are going well, then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. When is the Liverpool game? I don't actually think it's too far away, is it? I think it's no. in a few weeks. And I, gonna... I'm just, it'll be, it'll be an interesting reaction, won't it? Yeah. You know, sort of the uh, Liverpool faithful sort of applauding the uh, manager yeah. of an opposing side and, and meanwhile the Villa fans are there <laughs> sort of the sideshow act like that Gerard Houllier experience we had at Anfield when they, yes but, but and... be, that'll be it'll be amplified wouldn't it from, yeah from... it'll be banners with his face everywhere they'll be really singing you'll never walk alone it's going to be like that classic spiritual Liverpool experience <laughs> us Villa yeah, fans uh, in the Stevie, corner <laughs> Stevie give us Stevie give us a wave <laughs> yeah and he does it, even though Villa is like four 0 down. Yeah, um, yeah. Eleventh of December, it. so it's yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, it will be an interesting one. I, you know what? I th- I think he's professional enough to not yeah. kind of get drawn into it. I, I I do think he'll try and treat it like any other game. Um, I know it. Obviously, deep down, it will be it will obviously be special for him to be back. But he's he's definitely like you know he's not one for sentiment, is he, Stephen Gerrard? Yeah. I think I think he's he'll have his professional head screwed on, and he'll be absolutely. I think he'll be. If anything, even more desperate to beat Liverpool with Villa, because um, yeah. I, th- I do think that's the sort of guy he is. Um, so gonna, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be very funny if he just does a complete like wrestling heel turn, walks out, just ignores <laughs> the Liverpool faithful, <laughs> grab it's some, with the chair. some kid holding a sign saying, uh, "Please, Steve, give me your shirt or tie or something like that." Grabs the grabs Sorry. the sign, rips it up in the kid's face. Like goes down to the Villa fans, he's like fist bumping us all like massively. He's got, he's got, he, he rips open his shirt and he's got like an old school like Villa NTL kit on from the, from the like the noughties. Yeah, <laughs> or he's got like a little white shirt celebrating the seven. Yeah, celebrating the seven soon. I imagine all of a sudden the Liverpool fans clock what's going on and they're just relentlessly booing him, yeah. chucking you know. Chuck, chuck a pig's head on him like, uh, yeah. like the, was it the Rail fans Louis, did to Louis no, the Barca fans did to Louis Figo I'll be all for that well, but, well it'll be an interesting game so so the, the, the games he's got in the immediate future are Brighton obviously as we mentioned at home then he's got Palace away They're, those are two games that you know given our current form you, you know you've got to get something out of hmm. and then he's got a, he's got Man City at home Leicester at home and Liverpool so um, 
couple of games where you'd think we might get something from and then a pretty tricky start to December for sure. Um, so he's got to really hit the ground running, hasn't he? Yeah, got to hit the ground running immediately, really. We need that new manager bounce because, uh, you know, we don't want to be going into that, you know, into December, Christmas, just sort of in the bottom three, which is realistically could happen. Um, you know, so we, we'd have to sort of sort it out very rapidly um we have the we have good enough players we have a good enough squad um i think they just need uh their confidence brought back and they can get that with a win you know get a good win against brighton hard team to beat but if we can do it at villa park um i'd be confident that the villa the, the villa team are good enough to go and get results uh, even in this sort of tricky patch we're about to enter all villa no filler on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Welcome back, everybody. We thought we'd get some more insight on Stephen Gerrard, Stevie G to Frankie, uh, from <laughs> Birmingham Live football writer Pat Rowe. He's behind the popular Villa Twitter account at PGR underscore analytics. And here's what he had to say. It's a bit surreal, isn't it? It's like when um, John Terry saw and you see him holding up a Villa shirt and it's just <laughs> it's like my dad says, like it's hard to... You can't believe that they're holding up a Villa shirt and they're associated with the club, to be honest. I don't think it ever anyone thought it'd happen, but yeah. It's a bit surreal, but excited for it to get started now. I'm hopeful about what he can do at the club. And in terms of philosophy, I think he brings a, an attacking style of play, possession dominant and pressing. I think everyone's been keen for the Villa to start pressing a bit more and caught forcing errors. I don't think he'll take any prisoners, to be honest. I think Ashley Priest said this week he's going to come in, he's going to rattle a few cages and shake things up and hopefully provoke a reaction. You know, at Rangers, what kind of formation did um, Stephen Gerrard like to employ? Um, it was he's, He kind of swapped a bit. It was either a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. And uh, he likes, in terms of the actual formation, the front three and the 4-3 at least, it's like he likes to utilise a second striker, which is where I think he could really help us, to be honest. Hmm. So obviously, there's the question about Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings and how you play them. But if you're playing Watkins as this inside forward type thing, that predominantly they play on the wing that's opposite their strong foot. So Watkins would play on the left where he's played before. He wants them to cut in, get shots off, and them cutting in actually creates space for the fullbacks to like get forward in. And obviously Rangers love their fullbacks like Tavernier, and I can't remember what the other one's called. It begins with B. But anyway, they both get four. Yeah, I think something like that, yeah. They both get forward, they both bomb forward. And I think it could, obviously, Cash has had an emergence this season, but I think Matt Target, I think he'll be back to his best in this back four, bombing forward. And finally, someone will be in front of him because I think that's why he's lacked this season is that he hasn't had Grealish in front of him. People forget that he's probably the one that's been affected most from it, to be honest. Yeah, very true. Um, he's not had the best season, starts the season after having such a good year last year. But of course, we all, you know, it's easy to overlook it. Yeah. British leaving it does disrupt him quite heavily but um so uh when Gerard arrived at Rangers they just conceded 50 goals the season before now last year when they won the title they gave away just 13 which is an absolutely extraordinary um defensive record really no matter what you know you think of the league being you know, mm-hmm. dominated by the old firm um but uh how did uh how did he change the defense or what did Gerard do about the defense clearly he fixed it in some way I'm not sure what he did specifically, but I just know he, he brought, he obviously gave Tavernier the captain armband, I think. I think he just, as soon as he walked in there, he built from the back and solidified them where, where it needed to happen. And 
that's what I think is his success will probably will translate into the Premier League because he didn't just uh, walk in and it was Rangers versus Celtic and it was a flip of a coin and Rangers won. Like they were conceding fifty goals, as you said, he reduced that to twenty seven, so almost halving it in his first season. Obviously, they didn't win the league that season, but then uh, matching the record for clean sheets. I think it was 26 in the season when they conceded 13 and won the league with 102 points and I think it was 30-yard points. They beat Celtics by, so it wasn't just... It's not a two-horse race. He, he absolutely dominated the league and it started by him building from the back. And obviously the foundation at Villa is there for him to build on that. 15 clean sheets last season. You've got Martinez, Conza, Mings, Target and Cash. They're all very good defensively and can contribute going forward, the fullbacks at least. Not Martinez, obviously. Okay. But, um, uh, yeah, I think if he gets... That's, that needs to be the first thing he needs to address in the team. I think we're leaking goals at the minute. I think we were a bit better against Southampton, but in terms of the other games, that's been our downfall, just leaking goals from every direction. So he needs to come in and build on it and just get us back to playing the same way as last season. And, like, the centre midfield's been a bit of an issue for us this season. Uh, do you think he can come in? I mean, as a centre midfielder himself, one of the greatest to ever play that position, uh, do you think he come in, can come in and uh, help fix it? Yeah, definitely. I think that 4 3 3 will try and get it as balanced as possible. Obviously, yeah. What a better person to learn off than one of the best midfielders and probably at one certain points in his life, the best midfielder in the world. I think he's already commented on Jacob Ramsey's performance for the under 21s the other day. He put some eyes emojis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite an interesting thing with having Gerard as a manager, I think, is because he's so active on Instagram. It's like you get your own little insight into the dressing room and like how he yeah. speaks to players and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think the midfield's going to be absolutely key, to be honest, um, for Gerard, because as I mentioned earlier, the, the fullbacks like to bomb forward, but you need. So when they're attacking, they kind of switch to this like two. Five three formations because obviously the fullbacks get forward. Yeah, but it's key for the midfielders like Glen Kamara to in Rangers at least they were covering them when the fullbacks got forward. So they, on the heat maps you can often see him like at right back or left back just filling like a stopgap fullback. Okay. So I'm not sure if he thinks we have the personnel to do that or if he likes what he sees. To be honest, I think he's already commented on McGinn and said he's your goal threat type thing to McGinn. So I can't see McGinn being restricted and held back. I think you might see him again in like the forward role we all want him to be in. I think he'll be depending on Douglas Louise to sit in there. He might even call on Nakamba to sit in there, just literally cover cash and target whenever you can. Or he might just, that might, I think that'll be his first signing in January, to be honest, like a CDM that suits his, the way he wants to play. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Villa have been somewhat passive uh, in pressing this season. Uh, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier, but you, you do think that's something he's going to change rather quickly when he comes in. Yeah, it's called a like a high block, like a high press, uh, but he makes them quite narrow, the front three. So they're not like, whereas with Dean Smith, it was like a man-to-man thing, like Watkins closes down the left back and then someone else closes down the pass. And then he kind of uses the front three as like a narrow like block and then stops any passes into the centre and as they force it out wide then he traps them type okay. thing like when you put give it to the fullback. So he tries to force error that way and then they can count, try and trigger a counter attack in that kind of manner. But yeah, I think Villa are down there for lowest distance covered. You'd like to say that's all about the formation and how we sit back in a five at the back, but I think it was just because we weren't running for Dean Smith and ultimately it's led to him losing his job. I think Watkins running stats this season are down. 
I think the, the only impressive one I've seen so far is Jacob Ramsey in terms of pressures this season. I think he's the, mm. one of the leaders per game. But yeah, I think I don't think Gerard will stand for anything less than you, literally running for the entire ninety minutes. I think it's going to be a bit of a shock to a lot of the players, and I'm glad they've got a week's training or a week and a bit or whatever it is before the Brighton game. Yeah, quite excited to see. You mentioned Jacob Ramsey there a couple of times. Uh, excited to see what Gerard does with. Um... Ramsey and Carney Chukwemeka, of course, yeah. and midfielder 17, and uh, just really looks like he has a very high ceiling. Now, uh, it's just been announced, uh, we're recording this on Saturday, uh, so that uh, Gary McAllister, Tom Coulshaw, Scott Mason, Jordan Milsom, and Michael Beale will be joining Austin McPhee, Aaron Danks, and Neil Cutler in the. That's mm-hmm. a backroom squad. Like, you know, <laughs> that's like a, 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 a very big staff dude going out there. Like the, more, the more than we've got subs, we've got more coaches and subs. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to put like, some extra seats out. You yeah. just get them from the stands or something. And on the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, the name that has like caught a lot of attention this week is Michael Beale. Um, I mentioned I interviewed a uh, Rangers podcaster and football writer called Alex Anderson from Jersnet podcast yesterday, and uh, he said that uh, Michael Beale. He really praised Michael Beale. He said that he was really a brain behind the operation in a lot of ways. Um, is that something that you're aware of and agree with? Uh, yeah, I've I've read up on Michael Beale quite a lot this week. I thought it was quite interesting, to be honest. Not only like where he's come from, but just what he does at Rangers and the role he plays. I think he takes the training sessions. I think his head, his title at Rangers was first team coach, and now he's an assistant coach. He's got the same title as Gary McAllister. So I don't know. In order to get him to Villa, if they've promoted him a bit and give him a a bit of a increased role, but I'm happy for it after reading what I've what I've heard. I think. Petrov quoted one of my reports the other day and said whenever he's encountered him, he's a great communicator and an incredible coach. So he sounds amazing. Like I think Gerard said it'd take him 15 or 20 years to become as as good as an on-pitch coach as uh, I think he calls him Mick. Mick is, so he lets Mick be Mick. It's one of those. Another fun fact about the coaching staff, Gary McAllister assisted Gerard's first goal against Villa. There you go. Oh, did it? Oh, you're right. Yeah, McAllister used to be at Villa as well, which I think Gerard Julias assistant I think Can't yeah. remember how young. but uh, yeah Michael Beale he has contributed to the development of the likes of Hudson Adoy, Tammy Abraham Mason Mount Alexander Arnold there's another Curtis Jones he worked at Chelsea for about 10 years then went to Liverpool Liverpool under 23s and then I don't know if this was before or what time he went to Sao Paulo but the Sao Paulo like assist uh, manager or something watched him take one session or something like that and then just instantly asked him to be the assistant there. <laughs> so like, he must be doing something right. Of like Lovenkranz, Peter Lovenkranz, the blue striker, said he was one of the best coaches he's ever seen in like, take a training session ever. So yeah. it's quite exciting to see what he can do with the players, see what he can get out of them. Yeah, I'm excited. That. that was the one I wanted to come in, Michael Beale. I guess as a, as a last question, um, you know, Brighton next game, do you think... Uh, it's a bit. It's a big day, isn't it? It's a big. We need to get back on. Stop the losing run. Yeah, stop the run. And like, do you think? I mean, what? How, how do you think Gerard's going to approach it? Is it just four three three and attacking? Well, um, in in preseason, Rangers actually played Brighton. They drew nil nil. So there's some. He's he's faced part before he's played. I don't know what side we're out or anything or what the lineups were. But he's faced him. He knows he'll do his due due diligence. But. This is what I liked about Gerard when I was reading up on it. Cause when I first saw the link, it was like, ah, oh, 
another player getting a step of the job. Do I deserve it or not? What not? But he's he's an absolute control freak. He went into Rangers. He tore the club down to the like the, the core and just built this club and dragged it into the modern era. Like every single aspect from where the monitors were on the on the, his desk, from where, which way the projector screen faced. He mm. tore everything down. Got a new training complex. Sorted out a new menu for the players. Obviously, I don't think he's going to have to do all of that at Villa because I think we, our facilities are quite good. But in terms of if you're going to see small errors that accumulate and the inefficiencies within a team that accumulate, I think he spots it before it develops and grows. And I think he addresses it. So if there's any problems in our team, I think he's going to address it before Brighton. And I think he's going to set up in quite a way that fans will enjoy. I don't I don't know if we'll win. Obviously, Brighton, I think they're due a win, to be honest. Aren't they? they just keep drawing games. I don't mm-hmm. think they've lost in a while, but they keep drawing. It's always a tough one. Brighton's always a tough game. I'd, I'd love like a Matty, Matt Target 90th minute winner again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grind out a lucky 1-0 win and just get us started. That's, yeah. what I mean. That's one of my favourite moments being in the stadium for a long time. That was just, yeah. just an amazing feeling. Um, okay, um, Pat, uh, just before we go, uh, you know, we've spoke to you before, but if you could just remind everyone where we can find you online and where we can find your writing. Uh, yeah, PGR Analytics on Twitter. Uh, Post most of my writing there and a few stats every single day. So, yeah, follow me there. I, and I cannot recommend it enough. Pat is uh, one of the most interesting and also funniest uh, people to follow, villa people to follow on Twitter for sure, certain. So, strongly recommend it. If you have an opinion on Aston Villa appointing Steven Gerrard as our new manager, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. All you have to do is search All Villa No Filler or you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Are you against this appointment or do you think this could be a masterstroke by the Villa board? Okay, that was Pat Rowe there. Uh, Frankie, we've got Brighton at Villa Park next, as we have already mentioned. Uh, Stephen Gerrard's curtain raiser. How do you think that one's going to go? And if we can get a prediction uh, from you as well. Yeah. Scoreline. Uh, I'm going to say full house. Uh, very big atmosphere. Stephen Gerrard, um, I think, will be really up for it, really in the players' uh, faces, getting them, you know, e- energised. I think he'll start Jacob Ramsey uh, after the under-21s with England. I think that's the kind of thing that leads to you getting a start for your club, the confidence going. 4-3-3, I'd imagine, back four. Hopefully, Ezri, the rock concert, is back laying the smackdown. In central defence with Tyrone Mings, Emmy mm. uh, Martinez, uh, cash and target. Uh, I'm really fascinated to know what he does about Watkins and Ings. My guess is he's, I think the Birmingham, as, we, as you mentioned earlier from the article you read, I think Birmingham Live are probably right. I think Watkins might well start on the left and Ings in the centre with Buendia probably on the right. Um, going to be really interesting to see what he makes of the new signings, Leon Bailey and Emmy Buendia. Uh, and uh, midfield, that's as I said with Ramsey, you'd imagine McGinn, and then it's uh, it's an interesting one. It'd probably be Douglas, Douglas Louise, but uh, you never know, he might, might pull something out of nowhere and stick someone like Chuck Wameka in. Well, I, I don't know, I just I just got a feeling he's gonna um make a few uh interesting decisions in the coming weeks. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, in terms of a score, then what, what do you think is going to be the 
Scores on the doors. Uh, oh, I'm going to say 3-2 Aston Villa. Okay. So we're going to end this losing streak with a, a high win. scoring game mm. for sure. I mean, if I just have a quick glance over at Brighton's form since the end of September, are you ready for this? Draw, 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 thumped by Man City, draw, draw, draw. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's something telling me that potentially, um, no, you know what? I, I think it'll be a different game. I, I think, um, you know, the teams they've played, I mean, to be fair, they got a draw away at Liverpool, which is obviously very yeah. creditable amongst all that. Um, but there's a lot of low scoring games here, Frankie, although that was yeah. two all, there's a lot of nil nils and one alls I'm looking at here. So Brighton's still struggling to, uh, hit the back of the net that seems to be you know thing they've struggled with for for seasons now mm. to be honest um so i'm not entirely convinced that they'll get a goal to be honest um particularly if you know our back five play like they did last season and hopefully gerard's um arrival will sort of stimulate them to sort of perform like they did uh, last season who knows hope so mm. um and you know if we get all our sort of attacking players firing on all cylinders. If they're sort of supercharged by the atmosphere, Gerard's arrival and the fans, I'm, 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 I'm fairly confident that we'll get something, a positive result. Uh, I don't think it'll be a draw. Just watch it be a draw now. But I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, 2-0 wow. Aston Villa. I think that'd be a nice sort of hopeful, sort of hopefully sort of comfortable start uh, to Gerard's tenure as Villa manager. And if it, if we lose, I am going to beat up that cardboard cutout I just got. I'm going to take <laughs> it all out on the cutout. <laughs> Any opportunity to beat that cutout? <laughs> that cutout's in the background, like sort of like looking at you with some sort of panic in its eyes, <laughs> sort of cardboard eyes. They're all side eyeing each other, uh, like that, <laughs> yeah. that picture, that painting in Ghostbusters, the eyes that move. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Then like we win the next week, and I'm just like. Eating back together. Back <laughs> my girlfriend walks in the room. She's like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, just sticking Mr. Gerard's face back together, yeah, Stevie no, G's face. You know, you're dancing with it like um, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone when he when he <laughs> sort of gets those cutouts of Michael Jordan on the on the train tracks, <laughs> yeah. like, dancing away with your cutout. Yeah, the neighbors thinking, oh, Frankie's having a party. <laughs> those two <laughs> those two burglars have been targeting my house for the last year. <laughs> They're just like can't can't get in the, the, the sticky bandits or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Then, we'll, we'll try. We'll try next week. And I'll, I'll, instead of playing that like gangster video, Macaulay Culkin plays. I'll be playing like an interview with Steven Gerrard. Just <laughs> <laughs> or that Andy Gray commentary when he's called <laughs> that scream against Libby, just on loop. Yeah, they're peering through the door. Oh, you beauty! <laughs> They're the, like sprinting away. There's someone there, Marth. There's someone there, Marth. <laughs> knee sliding down the hallway. Yeah. God, I, I love that film. That. Yeah. Well, if that if that happens, just get you know your girlfriend to film it and put it on all of our social media uh, channels. I think I think I'll get a couple of likes at least. Yeah. What, hopefully yeah. from Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he does the side eye emoji. Yeah. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zelinski. See you later, Frankie. Catch you in a bit, George. Up the villa. Up the villa, Frankos. And it's goodbye from me. We will be back soon, but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs>